I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, kids. Um, welcome to Just a Game. Actually, today we're going to rename it to CDC. That was the original name of the show. It got kiboshed by smarter people than me. But originally, I wanted to call the show CDC uh, after the Cool Dads Club, of which two of the original members are on this. We're missing our pal JK today, and we're missing him because I, I, I didn't invite him. That's <laughs> on me, um, so I owe him an apology. Uh, but Brent Gibbs is co-hosting with us today. You know him, you love him as the director of retail um, from uh, CSEC and as well, as I mentioned, a founding member of the CDC. CDC is life. Uh, sports is fun. Today is going to be a fun show, my friend. It is It is almost all about WrestleMania weekend. It is almost all about local wrestling. It is our passion. It is what you and I have done uh, almost for three straight years, maybe even longer than that. Um, we have taken the time for the benefit of, of the viewers and the listeners 
to invest and and spend time studying the craft, getting better at it, making sure that we're aware of it, uh, so that we could host a show like this today to talk about the two nights of WrestleMania, talk a little AEW. We've also got a very special guest coming up. Of course, our guests are brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. For 1946, they have been around 76 years. Four locations, McLeod Trail by Chinook Center, 17th Avenue Southwest, just off of 14th Street, Bow Ridge Road Northwest, by the McDonald's at the bottom of Winsport, and at Winsport, the Frank King Day Lodge. They've got some great deals in time for spring skiing in the mountains, so make sure you check them out. And, of course, we are broadcasting today from Treaty 7 Territory, and this is a inclusive program. Everybody is welcome, so let me say this. Welcome to you, Mr. Gibbs. Thank you for having me. Like you said, we've done uh, the prep work for years for this moment right here. We have, um, of which I just, I I do want to get to a couple of hockey things and we'll get into the wrestling, but um, I do have to say, um, I sat across over in that uh, chair over there back in November uh, on the barn burner and I gave my testimony and I talked about uh, being burnt out in my mental health, but a huge part of my mental health was aided by you and, and the time that we spent during COVID, during the shutdown, during just watching and analyzing. Um, we, we watched approximately five years of Stampede uh, week by week. Uh, we watched uh, some NWA. We watched a lot of pay-per-views, and we are currently working our way through 1993 of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So that's that's where our background comes from. Right. For sure. I like I you echoed it and said that too, but um kind of got together during the whole mess of the pandemic and um it was it was a great release. We just kind of got mm. texting each other, how checking up on each other, and then started talking about wrestling. It's like, hey, we should watch uh we should sit and FaceTime and watch some old wrestling. And that's what we've done. And we've been continuing to do that for the last three years. Uh, and every week, uh, yeah. It's uh good for mental health and, and everything too. And uh, you just kinda check out for for a couple hours and watch them wrestling. But what, it, but what it has done is it, I think we, we become educated on it and to watch it, you know, kind of through a different lens, because particularly with stampede wrestling for both of us, it was in our teens, you know, the stuff that for we sure. watched went back and rewatched was what we watched in our teens. And I think we were both surprised by how different it was. Um, probably didn't realize the, the connected, the connectivity of it. Um, but also the you know how the the old territory systems worked right and and you know it's crazy like we would watch one week and you know they'd introduce a new tag team and you thought well my god they're going to shoot right to the top never see them and again they're gone the next week right yeah, for you know sure. uh we also you know had the opportunity to check in on grand prix wrestling out of uh, the maritimes and and montreal wrestling and um, you know, again, as a kid with no internet in the early, in the mid eighties, you know, you just assume that these guys came to Calgary and went home, you know? And, and so it was interesting seeing different wrestlers in different parts of the country with different characters and things like that. So, um, that's what today is about, right? Celebrating, celebrating a, a fine Calgary tradition of professional wrestling. Uh, before we get in there, would you like to weigh in at all on the local hockey heroes? Do you have a, a strong opinion one way or the other on what should happen at the end of the year? Are you, uh, no, no I'm would gonna, you, I'm going to just stick to the gonna, retail part. Are you going to just stick to the retail part? Okay. Yeah, I think that's the safest part. Thank all you. right. That being the case, uh, Calgary and Vancouver tonight. Uh, if the uh, Detroit Red Wings beat Winnipeg in Winnipeg, if Calgary beats Vancouver in Vancouver, then we have ourselves a tie. Um, the tiebreaker still in favor of Winnipeg, but we have ourselves a tie in terms of total number of points. 
six games to go after tonight, uh, two of which uh, are against Winnipeg and Nashville, the teams that you're directly in competition with, Anaheim, Chicago, uh, Vancouver again, and San Jose mixed in there. So, uh, you know, you keep thinking they're out, they're in, they're out, they're out, they're out. And and now uh, here we are at the end of the week. And if things break and they get on a roll, um, who knows? Uh, as we speak, uh, and if this is a podcast, as we spoke, uh, the Calgary Wranglers are playing a Friday afternoon businessman special. I love this, by the way. I love that. Well, I, for sure. I, I think if you're going to have that much hockey, you got to find a way to make it a little different. And this this one too is because of spring break too. We're inviting so many kids. Yeah, and it should be a great great crowd. And uh, I think we're expecting some exciting hockey uh, for the Wranglers in the next few weeks for playoffs. Well, I was going to say they're not going anywhere. They're no. they're going to be around for a while. Mascot gets introduced, uh, not necessarily the way normally mascots do. Uh, this one at the end of the year, as opposed to the beginning of the year. Um, am I going to like the mascot? Who you knows? you know my sensibilities. Yeah, I think you will. Okay. Okay. You can hold me to it. I guess it's like recorded now. So Yeah, yeah you're on the record that I will like the new mascot. Yeah. Uh, at some point uh, this afternoon, maybe on social media, we will see it. Uh, uh, I am, of course, a big mascot guy. Um, uh, I'm a, I'm I'm a, a fan l- of a mascot, if that means anything. No, it does. Like, absolutely. Uh, I, I, think I think they're uh, important. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's too many dogs in the old family, so I'm a little concerned about that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, the other thing I want to mention, uh, last night, Matthew Kachuk, fourth player to record back-to-back 100-point seasons with two different clubs. So th- that's important to recognize. We're talking about played one team one year and then got traded and then played the next. Back-to-back 100s. Not bad company, I would suggest. Wayne Gretzky did it in 87, 88, and, of course, the next year with the Kings, 88, 89. Uh, Jimmy Carson, well, he did it with the Kings and then the Oilers those same years. There's one, uh, arguably one of the best, uh, well, Kale McCarr might have something to say about this, but as far as I'm concerned, one of the best players ever to come out of Calgary. Mike Rogers did it, too, with the Hartford Whalers and the New York Rangers back in 80, 81, 81, 82. So rarefied air for Matt Kachuk. You still have Matt Kachuk jerseys? Can, you, um, can we no, promo we're, those? We're clean. You're clean no. now. You don't have any. No, to, we don't have. You're any not more. blowing them out this week. No. Nope, oh, okay. Nope. We're, uh, we're good. We have lots of our uh, Huberto, Cadre, and all of our current players, so we're we're good. Oh, that I didn't know. So thanks to Gavin for throwing this one out. So not, here I am talking about the, but he's the first American-born skater since 1994 to have back-to-back 100-point seasons. That's pretty good club. Uh, pretty good uh, company to be with, Jeremy sure. Ronick there. Um, not not surprised by that at all. Uh, staying with that theme of hockey, the Hitmen, the Hitmen are in Red Deer tonight. Um, Big for, game for the upteenth million time to play the Red Deer Rebels for the upteenth million time in the postseason, and these ser- these series never ever disappoint. They're always for fun sure. series. Yeah, right? It'll be a battle, and then fans will travel back and forth too. And uh, I think it's going to be great atmosphere uh, when when they come back to Calgary for sure. But hopefully, we get uh, get a couple wins for the boys. Yep. yep. Uh, and in baseball, the uh, Jays were in action yesterday. One ten nine over St. Louis. St. Louis becomes the first team to take the lead in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings, I believe, and lose the ball game. Hmm. So, all kinds of trivia 
Brent, all I'm kinds lear- of trivia. I'm learning a lot. You're learning. Today. Well, that's why we invited you. Yes, you can come education. down here. It's an education. You can help us out. Uh, yeah, we're we're really excited that you joined us here in the Oodle Noodle Studio. You okay. thought I was making that part up, didn't you? The <laughs> Oodle Noodle Studio. I said, "Why don't you come to the Oodle Noodle Studio?" And you said, "Yeah, you're making that up." Yeah, that's not a real no. thing, but it is a real. It thing. is a real I'm, thing. I'm here in the Oodle Noodle Studio, and happy to be here. We're not just crazy about noodles. We put the same energy back into the community. Oodle Noodle, two locations: twelve forty four Seventeenth Avenue Southwest, pickup and delivery; one hundred five Main Street North in Airdrie. Same thing pickup and delivery. Uh, it is a special edition. I cannot stress this enough. And if you're watching this, if you're listening to us, this won't make any sense, but right there, that's today's logo. <laughs> CDC. That's, that's what I wanted to call the show, but here we are. I'm happy with the show. You know, um, it's the, here now. It's here yeah, now. We have no now. choice. We'll move yeah. on. Uh, Michael Richard blaze will join us coming up in the two o'clock hour. The second hour, if you're listening to this on the podcast, I keep forgetting I'm not actually doing radio. I'm doing a podcast. In the <laughs> second hour, uh, Michael Richard Blaze, whom you and I both have had the pleasure of working with uh, on a couple of occasions with Bret Hart Nights, with the Hitman. Most recently, he was uh, was he on that card? Not the not last the last one, card, but the, first, but the two. first two cards. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Uh, he will be part of the dungeon wrestling card uh, next Friday at the pavilion. Not today. A week from today. We'll get into that. Uh, there you go. He takes on Chris Knight. Uh, but when he gets here, we're going to he's got something really cool. We'll get into when he, he gets here. Um, Gibby, before we get into WrestleMania weekend, um, just want to take a, um, just want to take the opportunity uh, to congratulate you. And I also know that this is a team effort. So I want to make sure that we're congratulating everybody, sure. but um, the work uh, particularly this week with the pride Jersey, but I think we got to go back to the black history month Jersey. We got to go back to the tree seven Jersey. Um, you guys, lunar new year too. We lunar new year. Thank four. you. I knew there was four, right? Four this year. Four yeah. this year. Um, well, there was a military Jersey too, wasn't there? Uh, sorry, correct. Yeah, and then hockey fights cancer. So we did have. But those ones is not the. They're already kind of like the pre These are the ones yeah. that we are. The ones that you guys were able to design. Local artists, everybody we got to work with, and it was kind of a blank canvas, and we got to. We did. Our team did an amazing job, and we're just so happy with the way it ended up. And the team is is Chris Huey, uh, Tori Peterson, yourself, essentially is the core, right? Uh, the core, but there's so many others. Oh yeah, so everybody going to mess up and not. Uh, I'm just probably no. I think you should. I think we should name the exact people who have had everything then, to do with everything. Then I'll get a text here. Oh yeah, no, no, I, me. I know. Yes, you know who I am. Um, having said that, uh, you can mix in a Roughnecks uh, St. Patrick's Day jersey. You can mix in a couple of Wranglers jerseys. Correct. Yeah, Casino Night just happened this week too. They're all in all. That so- one I think I have to see right because it's got some. It's it. There's something. There, right. Yeah, it's got to, inside the sublimation. It's the sublimation. It's that's got, what I meant. Like, all the, okay. The, that's what I thought. Face yeah. and hearts, clubs, and okay. all, all that. And also had, which was unique too, is that we did the numbers on the back. It either um, had a red background or a black background, depending on the roulette wheel. So we actually had it. It was pretty cool that it was. Oh, so that's how so, it. Okay. So some numbers were red 41 or black. I wanted to ask you that because I, I saw those going out. I'm going, that's weird. Yeah. I wonder so was, if it was. I uh, wonder if they just added him. <laughs> <laughs> did he just show up and they had to make one I'm, is that how it was like well who forgot the color that yeah it was black no, no we was, know uh, that was on purpose we know how this works um 
And then plus there's a, a bunch of Hitman jerseys that will be yeah, overall, worked in there. Since September, um, with the launch of on Labor Day since the Stampeders, I think we've um been involved in launched about I think it's fourteen was the count of jerseys. Fourteen jerseys. Fourteen jerseys through all all five of our clubs. So new our new uh, Wranglers home and away. Yeah. Um the the new couple of the the, the Blasi jersey, reverse retro for flames, yep. the theme jerseys, uh several theme jerseys for um for the Hitman too with uh, Bret Hart. The white one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was part of our uh, complete set that we were. We had, we, yes, we created a whole set of them, didn't we? (laughs) We Uh, And the white one actually was funny as we went along, we, we knew the pink one was going to be huge. The white one was, it popped too. Yeah, I think that's what uh, Brett said. That was his favorite too. And really, I think it might be mine too. Yeah. On the ice with the, they all are are really good. It's kind of hard to pick one, but yeah. uh, same with all the jerseys that we've done throughout and all the like the flame steam jerseys that we've done hard to pick a favorite there's been so much kind of meaning behind uh, each and every one of them and kind of what what's happened um you know even with the relationships we've developed mm-hmm. with local communities and and everything just outside of just wearing the jersey on the ice and that's what we wanted to do that was the intent of all these uh these jerseys so i'm, I'm happy that the response has been good and even with the auctions the the Pride jersey right now is available on um, yep. on auction, and um, right now I think uh, all jerseys are um, the lowest bid is like there's nothing um, under a thousand dollars. Wow! Already, so and that's closes April fifth, so we expect it to go. But the elevate auctions, yeah, elevate auctions. Bill Brown, <laughs> Bill Brown, Bill does good stuff. He does good stuff, but that's a lot of auctions this year, right? That's, it is a lot because I believe we're doing, and then some of the things we did. With a couple of our jerseys too, um, we put it included in a raffle for the fifty-fifty, just so we didn't right. want to have it overwhelming with too many auctions. Right, and that is uh, we saw clear spikes in whenever we had that involved, we clear spikes in fifty-fifty sales too, which helped. Uh, everything's helping the community, and like I said, I'm thrilled to be just a small part of the team to uh, to have pulled this off. So, you decide on a Friday. Yeah, next week we're going to wear a jersey. You scribble it on a piece of paper. You send it, you know, down the chain. Monday, they all come in, and you wear them Tuesday. Yeah, it doesn't quite work like that. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to walk yeah, us through that? You know, um, well, most of the – depends on um, – every, every style is a little bit different. But, uh, for example, when we have to decide with the NHL, um, we lock in and we want to do, you know, Blasty as our third jersey and bring it and bring it back. That's um, probably at least an 18-month process. So um, a lot of it we have to have um, – know everything in we get nhl approval work with adidas designers mm-hmm. with reverse retro we had that locked in right. for for a year and a half before it was um before it was launched and we have to go into production and they're doing it times you know 32 teams as well so we have to not just ours that is going into production so there's a lot of a lot of work done to just to get them produced and get them here and promote and sell and there's a there's a lot of a lot of work behind the scenes for sure and it takes a lot of time and stuff and then with these jerseys too, we could order the blank jerseys. Um, we had to order to get make sure we had stock. We had ordered that like at least it was six to eight months in advance. Yeah. Um, worked with um, like I said, at each project we worked with a local artist, and uh, once we had that, we had to go through internal approvals, go through NHL approvals, make sure everything's signed off, and then go into production. And so it's it's a long process. It's not um, not I overnight. Wish, I wish it was quite simple. It's just <laughs> like hey. Let's talk about a jersey on Saturday, and then by the by the weekend we can get something something going. I well, wish, it, it, wish it was that easy. I, w- I wish we were telling uh, stories. You know, I wish I wasn't telling stories out of 
or tails out of, out of school, but there were times I walked into your office and said, Hey, I got a Jersey idea. And your eyes would roll right back in your head. Here we go again. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. I think I'm always excited about Jersey projects, but it's, I just, I always thought it's timing, right? Because, it's and it's, timing. and it's five different leagues with five sets of rules and five dis- yeah. different supplier or more than that. Right. Yeah, like for sure. there's a lot. And, and, and I'm not making that up. The rules for the NHL are different. The American Hockey League, which are different from the CFL, which, and, and then, and I'm not even being critical of this, but you also have internal, not roadblocks, but there, are, there's, I would have 41 jerseys, <laughs> right? There are some people who don't feel you should have 41 jerseys. Right. So you kind of, there's a lot of negotiating and there's a lot of and finding the right balance. And each, each league has different, um, so NHL, yeah. you're you're allowed one third for the Hitman. We're allowed a total of five jerseys, and that in, would include theme jersey. You can have a third jersey and two theme jerseys, for example. You're, you're so, welcome, Western Hockey League, <laughs> right? Because yeah. there's one in there that's mine. That's right. Right. Well, there's a couple. No, no, no. That I got the rule. Oh yeah, that we. Yeah, we got the rule the, change. The Rob. Kerr I shouldn't say. Yeah, the Rob Kerr adjustment. Um, why? Okay, this is coming, and I swear to God. It's just, it's not me. It's another Rob. But he wants to know why you can't buy some of them. Like the, I guess the Bunge Bob, uh, SpongeBob, SpongeBob, Nickelodeon Knight. The, the Pride one would be, right? Uh, yeah, th- most of those ones are just kind of, I think that's league initiatives. So it goes through where we're, and we're not allowed to sell um, sell those ones at, at retail. There's certain themes We've done, um, like in the past, with Roughnecks, we've done Star Wars theme. Yep. And the deal is that it was just basically can go through. You have um, to license those too, correct? To license them, yeah. Same with yeah. Nickelodeon. Um, and then there was the, the Superstore jersey as well that was created. It was, That's That right. was designed by a, a child, fan. A kid, yeah. Well, yep. um, so I guess those, it wasn't kids this year, was it? Um, no, it was, I think it was, it was a kid to, for yeah. Calgary, but yeah. It, it's, it was open, but yeah. yeah, it was a kid and they did an awesome job. Yep. Um, yeah, so some of those ones are are themed and they're and they're basically kind of charity mm-hmm. charity based. Um, the, the flames themed ones too. I wish that we could. Um, that was uh, kind of an Adidas NHL kind of rules that we're not allowed to sell them at uh, retail versions. So trying to see because that can, pride. If you if you could sell that pride jersey or you could pri- sell a flames jersey with that pride logo, you'd break sure. you'd break the bank. Yeah, right. And and I think part of it has led to you know great. Uh, sales for the auctions because it's the well, that's, ones you can that's get. That's why, so, right? Yeah, so you've it, got to protect the auction. It's, don't you? it's helped that too. Yeah. It does, And part of that is a little bit for, to protect, but some of them I wish we could even make, you know, a fashion replica style jersey. And yeah. there's certain things that we can, we're looking at maybe for next next season to see if we can do that and we get a little bit more time to kind of reassess what we did uh, this year and then uh, come up with a plan for next year. How did you end up with... The- Let's start in, in order. I think the Lunar Lunar's kind of been in the hopper for a while, and there's been a connection. Team went to China. The The Black History Month jersey was really cool because of the tie to Jerome McGinley, right. right? Like, that was a really unique way to go and approach that jersey. For sure. I think, it, it, like, everything that we've done with our team, like Tori and Chris and, and the rest of the group, for sure, um, just kind of brainstorming, you know, which ways to – to do it and it just seemed like um I think it was Tori came up with uh, the idea it would just seem like a natural fit to kind of tie it in with uh, Jerome's family heritage yeah. and and Chris did a lot of design work on on that and we had with the help of uh 
the Aguilna family with uh, Elvis and Jerome and the rest of the family. Um, I think it, it was an absolute home run. It was, it, was, kind of it, it really was anything that I kind of pictured and you know, worked with Chris before and some of the ideas and creativity that uh, creative services team <laughs> has is uh, it's unbelievable. It so is. It's, uh, it's great. It's sometimes for me, it's just kind of stay out of the way and offer a little bit of, a little bit of feedback here and there based on kind of how it could, you know, apply to merchandise or, or anything else or the overall look of it. But um like I said, the, the whole entire team that we've had with many, many people, um, they do such great work and, mm-hmm. and all of us as a team really pulled together and and uh, we're super happy with the way everything turned out. Now, the Tree 7 jersey for Indigenous Night was a different kind of project, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that it was taking an established logo, if you will, and and making it their own. That was, that was artists from... Yeah, Siksika, right? Yeah, Jacob yeah. Alexis and Richard Running Rabbit. Right. Um, same that the helped do the with the Every Man, Child Matters Every jersey. Child Matters jersey. Yep. Um, and again, same kind of thing. Even with most of the the artists that we worked with, and Jacob and Richard, we we kind of just said it's kind of open to to you. Come up with some creative ideas, and then we can we can look. And if we have to make certain tweaks for certain things, yep. we didn't uh, didn't want to restrict them too much. And um, and like when we when we saw the initial concept of the the horse logo with the the feathers, it was just we were blown away. Yeah, and I know we were on to we knew we were on to something good. And then I think we also you know worked with uh, all seven nations to make sure that um, you know that everything everybody was involved and and it was a whole collaborative process throughout the whole thing and with with all of them, especially for that one though it was and it was great and I think it led to a lot of. Uh, talking and understanding for for us as well and, yeah and um to me that was powerful i think mean, not to you know it's just not to get on it's just jerseys or you know calm down brent but uh but i think it was it was important I calm think, down for, yeah. <laughs> sorry everyone no, no 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 i i agree and and you know again i'm not going to put you in the uncomfortable position of of answering my silliness but you know it frustrates me that they're just warm-ups Right. Because right. I think we saw the power of every child matters with the hitman when that became a jersey. And then they added the pants and then the socks and the whole kit. Right. And, you know, I uh, there you go. This is what we were talking about. I, I just I love that. And that's a war pony. Right. That's part of the Blackfoot culture. For uh, sure. You know, which is really cool. There's so much even in with the patterns inside the numbers and um, yeah. with the shoulder patches, there's so much meaning um, about, uh, you know, the collaborative process that um that we have with uh each of each, each of the nations and uh like i said we're just we're super yep. happy with the way that uh that everything uh everything turned out there's a lot of hard work and but uh the end result has been spectacular for all of them this week though pr- the pride jersey hit different it, it just did the pride jersey for me and i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm running in the wrong circles but that one seemed to hit in a way that people from who are not flames fans or fans of other teams stopped and said, Whoa, that is, do you, you know, and again, this is like asking you to pick your, you know, your favorite child. And I've met your kids. I have a favorite, um, <laughs> but was, was pride kind of the culmination of all this whole journey? Like, could you have done the pride Jersey five years ago in the way that you did it? If you hadn't been constantly, you know, and I, I think that is as a league, you 
the other teams in the league as well. But have we come in terms of jersey design and, and kind of moved in the last four or five years and become more open-minded about these things? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. I think like, and even when you see some of the other, uh, the other teams that have come up with, uh, you know, Vancouver, Seattle, yep. um, Florida, Winnipeg, Florida, they've, yep. they've done a great job with a lot of several themed, themed jerseys. And, uh, you know, it's something that we're going to talk about, you know, internally to find out, you know, which, which is the best ones to move forward with. And yeah. we don't want to, you know, it's still kind of being mindful of, uh, you know, the whole operation of, hockey operations but but we're that that one too for sure it was it was you know as brian burke kind of had put it the best is we're we're here to make everyone feel welcome yep. and and um i think you know our kudos to the players the teams management everybody it was uh it was great that everyone had uh kind of so what are up. you prepared to take a victory lap on because you're kudoing well, everybody tory well, and chris rightfully so even brian do. burke doesn't even work for the team anymore <laughs> So that's, what are you what are you prepared to take a, a, a victory lap on? Me, nothing. I'm just uh, I'm part of the team, part of the cog, Rob. That's uh, unbelievable. That's what I'm here for. Uh, I'm just uh, just a cog in the wheel. Okay. And uh, just, but the greatest single jersey ever created at CSEC was the Great Neighbor jersey of 2020. That one was, that one was, that was the great. single greatest one, right? Are you, again, pre- are you prepared to make that declaration on the show? Um, no, <laughs> no, no, sure not, not, eh? not. Nope, I sure of, won't. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of great jerseys out there for sure, but that one. Again, Colleen and Chris, creative services team. Oh. They just you, you and I have just kind of had a late night phone call, just talking yep. and brainstorming. We saw, I can't remember what team it was. There was a Declaration of Independence. It was the Bakerfield like, Condors from yeah. uh, the ECHL before so, the Edmonton Oilers got them. So we were, and then we were talking about, well, hey, why can't we do that? Something like that, and um, we gave our, you know, had a whole list of ideas to the creative services team, and led by, like I said, Chris and Colleen, and. Um, awesome like i said same thing we just kind of said here's our ideas they came to us with the first concept and we hardly changed anything no we you're right we hardly did change anything yeah. and and it was brilliant and i loved it and then the biggest thing in your in not the biggest thing and you should actually declare what the biggest thing is but i think sublimation has changed bad business don't you think and the ability of what you can do all the details and yes. and all the hidden details for sure yeah. like that's the that's always the best part that we love about um you know, having that, being able to do, being able to do something like that, like inside um, the pinstripes was the list of all the communities in, in the Calgary area, which, which is really cool, but you can't see that on the, on the ice. You got to see it up close and, you know, the, the patterns of uh, Satina and Siksika in the numbers, um, in the numbers and on the sleeves. Yep. Um, Yeah. Super happy with that one is, was really good. And it's the greatest Jersey in the history of jerseys. Okay. You're not, pre- you're not prepared to make that um, declaration? No, I can't, I can't do that. I'm just going to deflect credit to everyone and so kudos to you. But, but you can take credit for a lot of those projects that we've, that we've done, especially on the Hitman side. There was a lot of real cool uh, ideas that have come to life. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I, but, but again, that's where I learned let artists be artists. Oh, for sure. And Colleen and Chris and the, and the gang over there um, – you know, again, they were the ones that so. Oh no, here comes Rob. Uh, but you know, I learned a long time ago. I, you know, and we, I can come up with an idea, but you've got to give it to an artist to yeah, run with it, bring it to life right? for sure. And and what I like about this is we're getting out of the traditional. And and this is Rob Kerr speaking. I want to make sure this is really evident that everybody knows who's talking about this. We're getting out of the old white man thinking in hockey. And we're starting to spread our wings a little bit. We're starting to be more creative. We are starting to 
incorporate things into positions that were, well, you can't do that. You can't wear that number. You can't wear that color. And, you know, you have to do this. You have to do that. And you allow artists to be artists and you get just gifts like we've gotten, I think. And I think um, just kind of going back a little bit to um, Megan Parker and uh, yeah. the job that she did on the, on the pride jerseys, it was the same kind of thing. We, we had a initial uh, zoom call with, uh, with Megan and uh, just kind of told her like it was kind of open canvas and, and we want a bird. Yeah. Did, we, did somebody yeah. say we want a bird? <laughs> it was, it was so Cause the bird is fit. Like it's, 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 it's fantastic. It's, if I would have come up to her and say, here's my ideas, it wouldn't have looked half as good as what she had come up with. It was like amazing work. And again, same thing. She brought the first initial concept to it and we're like, we're not changing a thing. Yeah. It's, it's just unbelievable to like, and, and this is the one thing that was nice um, working with local artists in our, in our community. Um, there's so many talented people in the city and, and, you know, be able to kind of help give them a little bit of a, a platform and a canvas and, uh, yeah. and things that they can get creative. And, you know, it's, that's, satisfying for sure and we're we're pretty proud that we've been able to do that are you mad at me no. i said why don't you come do the wrestling show and then i, I then you hit me with I, uh, hit you with all of this with, with but it work Brett, talk but work talk but it was <laughs> it's just been so much fun and and it's so important as you say and you're right i mean you were absolutely right the uh, great neighbor jersey is the best jersey in the history of jerseys <laughs> brent brent gibbs said can we that just earlier. not make sure that that's not uh, the case it, that's not look at it Look at it. It's really nice. The corral's on there. But, but like you said, I have two kids. Yeah. And, and I I've met your kids. I have a favorite. You have a favorite. And some days you don't have a favorite. No, absolutely not. They're both wonderful. I have two producers on this show. I don't have a favorite, Gav and Princey. I just want you two to know that. All right. Um, coming up just after 2 o'clock, uh, courtesy of the Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com, will be Michael uh, Richard Blaze, if you've gone to an independent wrestling show or a big wrestling show in Western Canada in the last 20 years, you've seen him. Uh, he is our savior. We'll get into that. He's also doing something really cool. WrestleMania 39. Okay, first of all, I am declaring that the single greatest T-shirt in the history of wrestling <laughs> T-shirts. Uh, you can't see it because we can't really zoom in on it. But that is the WWF, essentially, class of 1989 T-shirt, right? Yeah. And it's it's brilliant. It's a go-to shirt for sure. I'm. Uh, Why did you move back? Shirts. Move towards the microphone. Well, you moved back sorry. to show everybody the shirt. Now we can't well, hear you. Sorry. No, it's all good. I'm um, not, a, not a broadcaster. I just uh, cell no, phone, but cell phone fingers for a living. That's what I do. Uh, you cell phone fingers better than anybody I know. That's why you're here. Um, we went through that shirt, and we think we have identified everybody, and we think there's one. Al Perez, right, is who might have been there for thirty seconds. Yeah, there's a few up in the up in, in the, the corner. Barry Windham's up there, who we believe might have been there as the Widowmaker. Um, but it's an it's a brilliant T-shirt, by the way. Yeah. I was really kind of counting on you wearing your CDC shirt, and then I could you know, point <laughs> point up to the hey, oh, oh, look at that. hey. holy <laughs> cow, outstanding! So that that's the T-shirt you're wearing right there. Yes. Okay. Very happy with that purchase for yeah. sure. You can see Dusty uh, in the, on the right the side dots. there, the polka dots there. Um, the Heart Foundation, and uh, one of my personal favorites, uh, 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 Bad News uh, Brown, I guess. I know him as 
Bad News Allen? Well, I know him. I I don't know him, but I liked him as Bad News Allen and Stampede. So that's a fantastic T-shirt. Just those, uh, even we'll talk more about wrestling, but that yeah. era, you look at the tag teams that were on that. Uh, there were real tag there. teams. Rainbusters. Yep. Rujos. Yep. Like countless. There's just so many. Demolition. Yep. And I'm going to miss like the Rockers. Powers of Pain. Powers of Pain. Yeah, Rockers so many. There, the bees. The tag team scene was probably almost the best right there. I think Sheik and Volkov were broken up by then. I think so. And Morocco and Orton probably were broken up by then. Bulldogs had left earlier, about a couple months earlier than that. But that was the golden age. And and we are unapologetic. We are tag team fans. Uh, Oh, yeah. Right? Um, For sure. um, We have um, tickets, thanks to you, uh, to see AEW um, in July. At the at the at the dome, is it my turn to buy SmackDown tickets when they go on sale? Then is that yeah? That's, Talk yeah, off the air. I, I, yeah, I think that's probably what you're alluding to. No, nope. um, but next week on AEW, and I know we're we are going to get to WrestleMania. I swear to God, we will. Uh, but next week on AEW, our current favorites, FTR, yes, are taking on uh, the young asses or whatever they are. Um, <laughs> no, the young guns. No, they're not even the young guns. Gun club. Gun club, gun, whatever. Gun club, yeah. yeah. Ass boys. Or Ass whatever boys, whatever them. they are. Yeah. Um, and essentially, it's a loser leave. Not, it's not, because if they win. It's the it, careers versus titles. Careers versus uh, titles. Yeah, Thank you. Okay. That's the... So you and I are both a little anxious that FTR might actually be leaving, and we won't see them. Yeah, I'm kind of selfish that way, for sure. I really i am a huge yeah. fan of... Uh, Dax's I liked podcast. them when they were the revival. Yeah. I thought they were because heels, yeah, like old school, just like the Brainbusters, like Arn and Tully. Like they were one. Of they my were favorite, in the like, WWF for what, like a year and a half. Yeah. Yet, anytime I see anything Brainbusters related, I text it to him, and he texts it back. And um, we we watched those matches. Um, they were just so good. They were yeah. mechanics. They yeah. were mechanics and FTR mechanics and. Dax went through that period of time, what, about two years ago, where he was doing some single stuff with some of the top names, mm-hmm. and they were the best matches on the card by so far. Good. So we are a little bit leery that the ass club will beat them next Wednesday, and uh, FTR won't be in AEW anymore. But if they show up, th- th- that's the problem I have is that, you know, okay, let's get to it. WrestleMania 39. Um, here's Here's my my problem with it when I was putting this together, I looked at it. There's only one of those tag team. No, I, I shouldn't say that. The, the, They're just slapped together. Yeah. I just, the, especially the women, like there has not been a female tag team in the WWE since the Iconics. Correct. There have been teams of women who have tagged, yeah. but there have been no, Mostly they're known for their singles runs before. Yeah. And then they just kind of, yeah, like even Monday night, there was Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville were the random last tag team in the match. They're all super talented wrestlers, hundred percent. But I, I just like the actual teams. Um, we've kind of talked about that before, but I, I like that Not on the podcast, though, oh, Brent. Well, you can't just say okay, we've talked so, about that before. Well, no, I'm just saying that we have talked about. We that talk about often. it all the time. Yes, yes. That that like the '80s were the the best. I mean, the you know, aside from the WWF, the the old. Jim Crockett promotion. There wasn't better wrestling than the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. Arn and Tully, or even the Andersons against those guys. Yeah. The you know Legion the, the, the Legion like- of Doom. Uh, you know uh, Koloff and and his 
various other partners, but right. that was good. And and now the top end of one of these cards is the Usos and Zane and Kevin Owens. But again, another thrown together combination. Sort of. Yeah, I guess they they you could say that, but I think that's something that they've been building since they've both arrived into WWE, that whether they're friends or not friends or I think there's something there that at least there's a connection that wasn't just like a random, I'm just going to pull out like Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Like who would have thought that those two, like, you know, they've worked well together. I think there's a good compliment there, yeah. but uh, it just kind of seems like a, a total, uh, total random, just put them together because we don't have any other creative for you. I think that's kind of what I feel that they're doing. Yeah. This one has been creative. It's developed a story. Like one of the best storylines in all of wrestling right now is the the whole bloodline um Sami Zayn's like unbelievable storytelling and how they've built it up and there's so many in and this year I think more than um many years I think in WrestleMania there's so many intriguing matches and and it's not just like hey it's the main event on day 1 and day 2 or the ones like there's so many great stories for right they've they've actually been able to take time right. and develop stories it's not like 2 weeks ago hey we got a, you and you haven't um been assigned to a match yet do you want to wrestle so right. And and I would to that point, I would say that um, the feud is absolutely one that's front and center. Like I, there's every once in a while, you know, something on Twitter comes up. Oh, 2013. Geez, I remember. I don't remember that feud. Right. right? Or that I don't remember that main event or whatever. But the bloodline has been great storytelling. Roman Reigns has which is is amazing because you remember we're not that far removed from the breakup of the shield and, and all of the micromanaging that you know, we would do or the fans would do or wrestling websites would do about how they're dealing with Roman Reigns, that nobody buys him as a face. And it was Vince McMahon pushing him as a face. But man has this reign. Just a few of the things that they've they've done, I think, even in the last little bit where they've kind of listened to the fans and, you know, I think Vince. Amazing what happens when you. Yeah, because Vince would do that, I think, almost like stubbornly and just like well this is the fans clearly want like when daniel bryan was like going for his push for his mm-hmm. belt he didn't want to do it but the, they had he had to because the fans they forced so yeah so much into it but this i think they've kind of listened to a few of the you know with roman finally turning heel of like his work that he's done in the last few years is like unreal and just that he's found the position like the storyline he's always been an, like an amazing presence and a great wrestler and mm-hmm. tells a great story in the ring mm-hmm. but the stuff that they've done with the bloodline is and i think even just adding paul Heyman into that just to kind of help build stories and add emotion and yeah and everything to it like he didn't need a talker but he's and i think paul Heyman's complimented him so well that he just doesn't have to do all the talking for him kind of like oh Brock, that part has Brock. been brilliant yeah it's been just really good and then there's some of the other you know other other things with other teams or other people that they've seen the push sammy Zayn, and i think that uh the whole thing with the bloodline, I think it was only really supposed to last a month or two with Zane. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And and then it's, they listen to the crowd and it's just built up to something and it's turned into like two huge WrestleMania matches just from that storyline. But I don't, you think part of that is the WWE ethos in the sense that, you know, and, and we know Vince was out for a while and, but he, he's been around it enough to know that he probably had some influence, at least at the start of it. But to me, it's, 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 if you understand what's going on it's a pot it was all Sami Zayn like yeah. Sami's that you could have put any wrestler in there and they were going to be there for five minutes just to get that piece that they needed but yeah. Sammy blew it up oh, and sure. he took advantage of it and and you know I'm still not 100% sure that that 
is old. Like I, I, everybody seems to go, well, it's okay. He got Montreal, so he got his home crowd, and he he lost and all that. So now it's Cody, and and I buy the Cody, I buy the Cody storyline. I I get all of that, but there's still some unfinished business for me with Roman and 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 Sammy that that could have gone on a little longer. Yeah, and maybe it will after uh, <coughs> you know if if Roman you know drops the title, oh. like a lot of people. Is he going to drive? Did, okay, so we are really all over the place here because we started on no, no, it's it's not you, it's me. Um, because you started on tag teams and we got to Sammy and Kevin and the Usos. Let's start there. Who goes over? How the, do you book that? The, the Usos and uh, Owens and Zane. Yep. That one. Yep. Um, <coughs> I don't know. That's I kind of go back and forth on that one too because if you go the whole angle of where you can turn the story of like the you know. The bloodline loses both they all lose the titles and now what's left with them after you know the raw after wrestlemania what's left with the team and they're all kind of in shambles now they've lost everything they don't mm-hmm. have it you can build a good storyline with that or you can kind of continue as like hey we just conquered you know Sami Zayn and kevin owens there's wrestlemania is really good but there's always going to be some little twist that no one ever thinks of like you know someone else i was talking to just brought up you know what if kevin owens turns on Sami Zayn? Um, you know, could there happen. should be certain things like that too, where they could, and then they could retain. I would think that Sami Zayn, um, with all the work that, that they would probably give him his WrestleMania moment and they would win the titles, but, uh, the Usos are such a good tag team. They're probably one of the top tag teams right now. And, and in recent times and like, so are, are I wouldn't we, be surprised if they won too. So it's, that's, is I'm, I'm good at broadcasting. No, you're very good at answer. broadcasting. No, no. But are we done with the bloodline storyline? Because I I yeah. don't feel like I am. No, but I think like that's what I mean. Like if they if everyone loses titles, they've already kind of like Cody's kind of planted the seed about like what's left after you lose. Right. Um. No one's going to be around you anymore. Right. And there's still that little what if you know for you know Jay Uso and what they're going to do and and where exactly is that? So there's I, it'll carry on for sure. So I, I kind of don't know if I can have this conversation without having the conversation about Roman and Cody. I wonder when you look at drama, when you look at great Greek tragedy, when you look at, you know, the William Shakespeare, that is there not some really good drama if Roman loses and the Usos win? Yeah. Can you be the head of the sure. table right. and and not have anything while the underlings are still the champions? And now... And they're not my favorite tag team of all time, but if they win that match, that you can make a legitimate case that that's the best tag team longevity and all of those sort of yeah. things that WWE's ever had, yeah. right? And is it out of the realm of possibility that Solo Co, who I I love Solo Co, I love the enforcer role, yeah. and I think he plays it perfectly. Yeah. Is it out of the realm of possibility that a new family member? is introduced that comes in cost Zane and, and Owens, and then you create the, you know, the, the kick or the punt off rivalries from that to your point, it's WrestleMania crazy, crazy stuff can happen. But I, I, I like to me, I think Roman goes over. I do. Um, That's not the common. I think the, the, the the betting line is on Cody. Well, I think that's the whole, thing that we've been you've been used to because i think that everyone kind of assumes the one thing and they like i said they always hit you with a swerve at the Do you end. know what nobody so, talks about 
Brent, nobody talks about that this is so un-WWE, WWF, WWF like The history of this organization has been Bruno San Martino, what, eight years as champion. Hulk Hogan, you know, better part of, you know, ups and downs, but better part of six, seven years, right? Um, then you went through the whole Attitude Era. Yes, The Rock was a heel or Brett was a heel or whoever was a heel, you know, Punk was a heel and all these things. But there's never, I don't believe, and I could be corrected on this, but I don't ever believe there's been a heel champion with this longevity in the history of this organization. Has there? No, not that I can remember either, for sure. And then because it's usually a babyface, yeah, right. It's usually a babyface organization. But I think it makes it, it is for sure. And I, I like the fact, like to me, I like the the story of having a heel champion for the most part because it's yeah. always the story of like it's the underdog or it's someone else. It's just that's that chase to try to get it, and you know, someone the heel screws them over. Or like Absolutely, Rick, Rick, like Flair. Rick Flair. Yeah, is probably the most classic example exactly. of that. Right? It was like whenever you everybody is like, I don't care who he's fighting. Someone's got to get that title off him. Cause he's such an ass. And, and he's just, you know, I want anybody to beat him. And I think that's kind of where it's getting to. And that's now, the history of the two organizations too, because it's really easy to say, well, that's why they did this. And, but if you, you know, and it's not unlike when there's been a long-term uh, a face champion or, or, you know, baby face champion in the WWE that, you know, whoever gets it can't hold it. Right. Yeah. You know, you look at Rick, you know, Ric Flair and Dusty couldn't hold it for very long. Ronnie Garvin held it for what a month or so, right. you know, Ricky Steamboat couldn't hold it. Like they, they get it. It just doesn't work. And it was, it's always kind of been the same way in the WWE is that the storylines, you know, it's better for John Cena to be the champion, yeah. right? That sort of thing. Right. Um, so I, I, I do believe Roman, I, I think they want to make, I, I think you can book, how about this? I think you could book Roman five years straight as a champion. Um, but they have done, an, you know, and he has done a masterful job. I think one of the, you know, one of the best stories, bloodline, storyline, but one of the best stories in, in pro wrestling has been the return of Cody Rhodes to the WWE because I thought they'd bury him. Yeah, that's what, I'm, what I was a little bit more concerned about too. I think when they came, when he came over, but it's opened the door for, you know, this will be the exciting part about wrestling even for this year is with there's a lot of contracts coming up. We mentioned FTR, but you know, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. There's talk that their contracts are up too, and a few guys on the WWE side. But now people on the AW side will see because it used to happen on, on WCW. You oh. bring like, well, we talked about the polka dots. He brought yeah. over Dusty, who was like, brought over so Dusty and had to try and embarrass best, him, right? Best heroes, but it's like we always have to put them put them down. Booker T is probably one of the examples of the other way where he, he's actually. But he earned it. AJ Styles earned it. But at first, yeah. they were kind of not necessarily pushing him to the moon right away. No. But um, I think that's kind of that's kind of the thing where now with Cody is that they you can come over and we'll push you to the moon and 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 you know it's such a great story with with what Cody did and you know he left WWE and and bet on himself, created you know yep. worked on his character and did everything else on the independents and in New Japan and you know and it's an unbelievable story how he built his brand and it'll be a, a fantastic story for him to come back and you know to accomplish that and you know with the story that tying it in with his father and you know with something do something that he couldn't do and and to capture the championship it's 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 right there but that's the thing it's almost too obvious that i think you're right that it, they could easily book roman to win and then everybody will be even more beside themselves that cody didn't get a chance to do it and maybe he gets to do it in SummerSlam and it tells a good story and it can stretch it out to 
you know, it's something that he didn't achieve at WrestleMania, but you know what? I'm still fighting. I'm still going and, and eventually give it to him. Right? Yeah. I, I don't like, I'm, I'm trying to think if they can drag the, the feud. That's the one thing they don't really do with Roman is they don't drag feuds out. Right. No. You get your, you get your moment with Roman, you know, Brock's had a couple of cracks at it, but they haven't been consecutive and, and that type uh, of thing. Um, of course, Cody and, and Roman will, um, end day two. So it's going to be the big finale. Yeah. So uh, a lot of hype on that one. What beyond that, what are the other matches on this card that you were, you were excited about? If you, if you had to pick a match that could steal the show, do you have one? There's quite a few this year. And that's, the, that's the think with a thing where I'm a little bit more excited about there's, you know, other ones, I think, um, you know, edge and, uh, Finn Balor, with the demon in the, in the is he going to be cell. the demon? Is yeah. it, it is a yeah, it's a demon. On, yeah, on okay. Monday Night Raw that he's going to be the yeah the demon, and I believe I've heard kind of rumors that um, Edge is going to embrace more of that brute character. There might even be an appearance from like Gangrel or something like that for for that. So that's pretty cool. The the Rey Mysterio Dominic Mysterio um, kind of feud is. I thought I was going to hate this. I thought but, I was going to hate this. And I and I think that that's the you know give credit to you know Dominic when he's turned turned mm-hmm. heel and he's embraced that role of being the biggest piece of shit in the yeah in the world and the fans are you can't like, swear on this podcast. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. We'll get, we'll edit yeah, it out later. Edit that out. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, sorry, kids. <laughs> um, but it, um, they're all of the game waiting for the new mascot. That's, that's right. Um. But yes, as as a like that heel that just and even the, the whole little things that he's done when he got arrested and now he's hard because he's was spent you know two hours in prison and then I noticed on you know Monday he's got a little teardrop like, yeah things yeah. like that it's yeah. I love it like I think that that's that's great and, I I and, never thought in a million years he get get over like he has no no I didn't either but I think that's it's worked and then you know playing the whole angle when he was a little kid with Eddie and. Mm-hmm. And just kind of bringing bringing a lot of that back, bringing the history back. The like, it's it's a pretty cool cool angle. There's lots of like I said. There's so many other the women's matches, both women's title matches. I think are going to be really good too. Mm-hmm. Like thing like Bianca Belair is so super talented, but yeah. Oscar is one of the I call her almost one of the best of all time. Just we didn't get to see her quite as much in when she came to North America, but the the amount that she's like dominated. I think that's going to be really a really good match, and then Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley too. Like, that's another person with the whole Dominic Mysterio thing. Like, you know, I'm your mommy, and yeah, like those. Like, well, it's, it's such a throwback to to yeah. Eddie Guerrero and and China, right? Yeah, for sure, an it's, homage, if you will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and 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 I think it's brilliant, and I think that's kind of the ones where they've listened to the fans a little bit of that too, and just kind of. You know the reactions that both of the, they both get right now on when they go into the on every show, and I think it's I don't really know what's going to happen. I think that you could easily see them both of them, you know, new champions on both sides for on the women's side too. So I think I think there are two vets that are going to do the honors this weekend. I think John Cena is going to put over Austin Theory. Yeah, that's what I think for sure. I don't know how good that match is. I think Theory can go. We know that Cena can kind of go. Um, you know, he's a form again, like most WWE champions. He's a formulatic wrestler. You know what the moves are. You know when they're coming. Um, but he hasn't. You know, it's not that active. Um, but I wonder about Hell in the Cell between the Demon and Edge if that doesn't. St- 
if that couldn't steal the entire show. Yeah. Because I think, I think I'm a huge mark for Finn Balor or Prince Devitt or whatever we want to say. Like, yeah. I, I love that character. I yeah, love that wrestler. Too. Um, I wouldn't, and, and I think when that was another one, when he kind of, he was getting buried, went to NXT. Yeah. Turned heel. Yeah. And redeveloped himself. Like, I think that was, he was always, you know, in Japan, everything awesome heel, but just as nobody really kind of saw it here in North America yet. And I, they're doing with with all the the group judgment day yeah they're like just how they turned on edge and and built i think it's brilliantly done and i think him as the leader does way better than what edge could have could have done and and i think it's like said they've done a lot of really good things on the storyline and i love i love what he does too and i think that edge is a great storyteller in the ring too and you add the athleticism of finn balor and there's going to be a lot of real cool spots i i I think so i I, if i was going to pick one to steal that's the one i i think cody and roman is going uh, roman just doesn't have bad matches like and and you know he has to help the the guys that he works with but you know they pick some good people but i go back to the you know to daniel bryan you know in his last match and you know he's he's even you know uh, mcintyre you know, yeah. uh, the, the, he he has good matches. There's no reason to think well, they won't be the, the best match you had with Logan Paul too with Roman. Sure, yeah. Paul. Oh, then there's what? What do you think, yeah. Seth Rollins, Logan Paul? I mean, I, I I you know that's another one. I suppose again, I don't like. I'm not a big Logan Paul guy, but my God, you know they've done a much better job with bringing in the one-offs like Bad yeah. Bunny and yeah. Logan Paul and having them come on and look reasonable. Right, really good. Yeah, then like Bad Bunny with the the matches that um, that he had in the last couple like WrestleManias or yeah. big ones, just, like almost show stealers. But I think Logan Paul is super athletic, and I think that he's embraced the being the heel mm-hmm. to that part. I think that's kind of you know where the fans you know may not like that family that that much. So they that's the way to do it in wrestling. Just embrace yep. it and and kind of turn it up to eleven and and really create that emotion, right? So I think that should be a really that should be a good match too. Like I said, there's so many there's there's less of the ones that I'm like, oh, let's just get through those ones instead right. of of like, hey, I can't wait to see that. And it'll be interesting to see the flow for each day too and how they do it and and you know which ones are going to be the main event for day one. Two, there's a lot of kind of talk about whether the tag team match with the Usos and uh, you know Zayn and Owens or if it's going to be Charlotte. Um, which uh, it's but, it's an interesting conversation. Um, and I would go with bloodline and, yeah. and I, I know why, like, Oh, but then the women get, no, it's, it's not that it's the, the story is, is just generational. It's yeah. so good that, you know, of course, you know, of course that, you know, if, if they didn't have that, then yeah, Charlotte and, and Rhea Ripley would be a natural. Any, yeah. Cause any match that would have to follow that, I think would be so hard because like the fans will be spent like after, after that match that's that's my personal opinion i'm just a fan but uh that's that's how i would see it too and, and it has nothing to do with you know women talent over men talent or anything no. like that i think it's just the way that the storyline has been been built and how it's been and how like Sami Zayn's probably one of the most over wrestlers right now yep that absolutely so, so how could he not kind of be part of, of a main event right but uh however way they do it it's just just to have that flow of the yeah. ebbs and flows and the ups and downs and we're you know, almost like we kind Gab, of said. Do, Gab, the, you want to give us the, the match card for night one? I just want to take a look at this because so that's, yeah, so that those are your match. So it's not John Cena and Austin Theory. 
Yeah, I believe from what I've heard, it, that's not. I think it's supposed to be the lead match as far as um, okay. kind of the reports that I um, watched this morning. Yeah. Um, so all of those, like I said, Becky Lynch, Lita, Trish Stratus against Damage Control, that's another. Those are six very talented wrestlers right sure. there. And it's uh, that's going to be good. And it, it'll just kind of, like I said, the the ebbs and flows of how all those are going to how all those are going to work and you know with um all the the tag team matches those ones are the ones that i'm kind of maybe not like as for it just feels like add, it just feels women's. like added on right right you it know it just feels like like those all those wrestlers probably deserve to have a wrestlemania moment and be part of that for sure but it's just going to be kind of lost to me after all with all because there's no I love the story. I love to tell stories and, yeah. and and hear like the emotion in the ring. Yeah. And also, you know, there's something to be said with certain matches yep. that you get where there's like high spot, high spot. It's wow factor. But to me, that's not everything. It's like more about kind of slowing it down, telling the story, um, you know, listening to, you know, the FTR um, yep. podcast with uh, Dax Harwood. It's, it's all about storytelling and it's all about evoking emotion and it's about setting up you know, what the fans just to get them hanging on every, right. every move. And, you know, that when you said they're not doing rest holds, they're kind of still showing they're, they're grinding and they're still working on them to wear that, wear them down, whether or not they were heels or, or faces, it would be done in a different way. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's super exciting to have. And then even just with all of the other wrestling that's coming on, going on WrestleMania weekend. Now you have other, so many independent promotions and that's the crazy part, the, right? the independent scene. Yeah. Um, which we've, you know, we mm-hmm. talk about with our with our guests, but um, the local talent scene here too, and it's so it's so good right now, and I think it's getting better. And you see the dungeon wrestling shows, and and the fans are, you know, continuing to come come back. But you and and you see them, and then you get to see them into, you know, AEW shows or into, you know, hey, he's he's a security guard on on Monday Night Raw. I know him. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, him. absolutely. And, and you know, and I think it couldn't be a better opportunity for. Uh, for local wrestlers to get kind of get shots now so it's uh it's there's there's not just one company now that they have to try to crack right so there's no. lots of different options with ring of honor impact yep. aw new japan so many different ones and so well, it's exciting what's crazy about this weekend is it's not that long ago that it was a sunday night and then yeah. they split it up was that covid was that kind yeah, of yeah? It was yeah. during COVID. I think it was the first time that they kind and, of split up. And now days. I'm looking at it and I'm going, "Oh man," because um, I want LA Knight. Like I, I, I think LA Knight is, you know, is again they're going to drop the ball. I can see this. This is whoever's blind spot, Hunter's whoever's blind spot. There's just no room. I get that, but there's no um, Damian Priest, and Damian Priest can go. Yeah. We saw that. Um, Bobby Lashley and Bobby Lashley was supposed to be Bray Wyatt and I'll, I'll throw Karrion Cross in there too because I like that whole with Scarlett I like that whole production right uh to me so you know hell we just you know we haven't even talked about every match hell we haven't even talked about every match on day two yeah and I'm already complaining about people who are left off <laughs> it's insane um I'll tell you what let's do this because he's here and I want to get him on so let me, uh, first of all, uh, thank our good f- friends at Ski Seller Snowboard because all of our guests are brought to you by SkiSellerSnowboard.com. They've been in Calgary for 76 years. Now, not just for skiers and snowboarders. If you want to keep warm, this is the place you go. Maybe you're going to go in the backcountry here in the spring. You want to make sure you're prepared. Four locations in Calgary. McLeod Trail by Chinook Center. 
17th Avenue Southwest, just off of 14th Street, Bow Ridge Road Northwest, uh, by McDonald's at the bottom of Windsport and at Windsport in the Frank King Day Lodge. So once again, thanks to Ski Seller Snowboard, who bring us our guest. Now, prior to our guest coming on, I want to show you something uh, just as a way of introduction, um, because everybody, you know, when you come on a, a, a professional show, you get your vignette, you get your introduction. So far be it for us. I didn't get one. Well, no, you're co-hosting. Okay. You're not a special guest. Uh, We've true. already established you're not prepared not, to make any kind of bold statements. Declare the great neighbor jersey the best jersey ever made. Having said that, uh, as a way of introduction for our next guest, uh, let's just roll a little uh, opening for him, shall we? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Keep you swimming in the illusion of time to keep you from your to keep you under to shield you from your to break you till you want to die. They feed on your fear to survive. Uh, if there's a better wrestler working in Western Canada the last 10 years, 20 years, I haven't met him. Uh, very pleased that our savior, 
your savior. Uh, Michael Richard Blaze can join us here this afternoon on CDC. We renamed it. Michael, how are you, sir? Good. Hey, guys. I did not expect you to play that whole highlight video. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, you had to because you are, uh, to, to steal the line, an enigma wrapped in a riddle. Um, you can do so much. You do so much. Uh, you're a teacher. You're, you know, you're out there. Uh, you know, and I, I sent you a, a tweet after, um, after the last Dungeon House uh, show here in the pavilion. Yeah. And my God, you're a modern day mechanic. Like you carried a match for 20 minutes. You were in there, which was amazing to me. Um, <laughs> we've you. had Thank the, you. and we've had the pleasure before of, of working on some uh, Hitman uh, post game shows and, uh, you still have the best, I think, the best dive ever, right, Brent? Off oh, of yeah. the off the uh, Zamboni sign. I don't think anybody's done that better. So for us I on WrestleMania so. weekend to have you here, this is amazing. How are you, sir? I'm really good. I actually just finished my regular real world job, but I'm just doing this quick before I head out to a show tonight. Actually, wow! Surprise! You're working on a weekend. <laughs> of course, that's the, that's the wrestler life, man. That's what we do. So what, what do you do for a real job then? What, what kind of pays the bills or keeps the lights on? Um, so like wrestling is like pretty good to me right now. And lately with like love pro wrestling and dungeon wrestling and yeah. wrestle core out in Vancouver, they all take care of me really well. But during my regular Monday to Friday, nine to five, I do like, um, it's called document control. It's kind of data entry for a oil company up here in Edmonton. So cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm good at computers. I'm good around Excel and PDF. So, <laughs> did did the does everybody at the office know what you do for in the evenings or? Um, a lot of them do because I actually weirdly got like hired through wrestling. It was a wrestling fan that met me. Oh, okay, okay, and just realized I was kind of smart with this stuff and was like, "Oh, I should give you a job at this place. We could use somebody like you." Um. The more new people get hired, the more shocked they always get, though, because I'm so quiet and reserved there. But then, you know, you know what I'm like. Yeah, I, I do. And and, <laughs> and I got to be honest, I was shocked the first time, too. Um, you know, I, when I met you, I had done the homework and I, I'd seen you at a house show and I knew what you were all about. And then I got to be around you that first show we did with the, the Hitman back in November 2019. And I'm like... I'm, I'm missing something on this and what I didn't realize <laughs> no, but what I didn't realize was how much experience you had and how much everybody else came to you and how much you really kind of are that locker room leader that everybody talks about. Was that a, a difficult transition for you? Was that something that, or was that somebody that, you know, worked with you that kind of made sure that you, you knew how to play that role or be that person? I don't want to say it was a difficult transition because it sort of just happened. Yeah. I never really went like searching to do any of that stuff. It just honestly sort of naturally happened because by the time you would have met me, I'd already been doing it for about 15 years. Right. So over all those years, eventually it got to a point where people were like, Oh, you've been doing this for 10 years. Like what advice do you have for me? What do you, you do this a little differently than everybody else. And it looks a little better. So how could I do that? Like you, and eventually I, I just kind of started giving it, I right. guess. Like at first I felt really awkward doing it, to be honest with you. Mm. Cause when it first started happening to me, I was only like 23. 
So I was actually like very young as an adult still. Yep. But I'd already been doing the wrestling stuff for 10 years by that point because I started so young. So it was a little awkward. I'd be like, uh, do you really want to be coming to a 23-year-old for this? <laughs> but then I think a big part of it is I was trained by TJ Wilson. Yes. So for anybody that like doesn't know that name for whatever reason, he was Tyson Kidd in the WWE. Yep. And TJ was always like that. Even though he maybe didn't seek it out to be, and now everybody knows it because he's one of the top producers in WWE. So that's obviously his job now. TJ was always like that. And I think I kind of just got it through almost osmosis of gotcha. talking to TJ so much and being with him and him being that way to me. And he really instilled this, I guess, the best way I can put it is pay it forward. Right. That sort of thing into me. Yeah. So did you, did it wasn't you just, awkward, but. Did you just tell different. us you started wrestling when you were 13? Is that, if I yeah. did the math. What? You started yeah, when you were 13? I, I started wrestling at BJ's gym when I was 13 years old in 2003. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what was that <laughs> experience like? Uh, honestly, it was probably, I'd say it was the best thing I could have ever done with my life. And it was an amazing experience. I, uh, so for me, I was not a very athletic kid. I was mm. very shy. I was very reserved and the best way I can put this is I was the quote unquote fat kid in school that got bullied by everybody. Okay. And so I was very in a shell and then I got into wrestling and I was just so obsessed with it. And it was everything I wanted to do. And it almost forced me to become an athlete to get into shape. And it forced me out of my shell. It forced me to talk to people. And I was so lucky that I got people like TJ Wilson, Harry Smith, Natty Neidhart, and they've, they completely changed my life. I always tell people that if you think I'm cool now, if you think I'm a good person, I'm a good guy, whatever, that came from TJ. Gotcha. Yeah. Watching you kind of behind the scenes and, and the Hitman events and just seeing how you're, like you mentioned, a, a leader and a mentor. And I know that I've kind of seen you have a wrestling school now, which we can talk a little bit about. But um, also um, – when you've seen some of the people that you've mentored, even just for our event, the last, um, the last uh, Hitman event, there was uh, four, uh, four of the six wrestlers on the card were uh, appeared on like AEW, you know, dark elevation and kind of seeing, you know, the pride that you have and what you've done, you know, help, help the careers and, you know, continue to grow yours. But uh, just talk a little bit about that. Maybe just like how you feel that satisfaction you get for mentoring young, young talent now and just seeing, seeing their opportunities. Um, it's funny because I'm kind of like, this has ended up working into storylines and wrestling promotions I wrestle for now. I legitimately have said in promos. Um, so recently love pro wrestling. That's the promotion up here in Edmonton. I lost our top title to Zoe Sager. And I made a point of saying in a promo, have you ever seen a guy who could lose a championship and he's, kind of happy about it and it's because that's a very true thing for me i i sometimes seeing like zoe and taryn and mo and all those guys wrestle on AEW gave me just as much satisfaction as if i would have got through that night i didn't get to i didn't get put on the board i didn't get chosen but i was in the back and i got to watch them live on the tv and people might judge me for saying this 
I legitimately got teary eyed. Like I shed a legit tear watching Zoe and Taryn on there just because I was so happy about it. And at some point I love wrestling. I love wrestling a lot. It's that 15 minutes in the ring is some of my favorite times in my life. But at some point it switched over where I think I'm, I think I enjoy seeing them do really good more than I enjoy doing stuff myself. It's the most rewarding thing in the entire world. Is that something you see more of the kids you're getting more of the cabbage school and doing more training and, and kind of being a leader and, and doing more producing. Is that something that you kind of see in the future when your career is done? Hopefully not for a while, but uh, that's something that you can see down the road. I think so. I think 100% because I could see, I'm like, I'm really young still. Right. But yep. I could see myself in my forties or whatever, still having a wrestling school and still wanting to train people. And I could also see I'm still pushing hard. I still want to make that ultimate goal. I want to be in AEW sure. or WWE. I want to be on WrestleMania okay. ultimately. Yep. But at the same time, if for some reason that doesn't happen, if it doesn't work out that way, it would be kind of cool. Maybe I've talked to TJ about it even a couple of times. Maybe I get a little older and I start transitioning to, I could be a trainer at the performance center or maybe right. I could get into producing. There's guys in WWE right now, like Adam Pierce. Yep. He was exactly like I am. Yep. He wrestled on the Indies for 20 years at really high levels, but he just never, he never made it to the dance, so to speak. But now yeah. he's one of the top guys that's helping all of those that are there. So I could definitely see that as something that I do in the future. And that's kind of why I'm trying to do it now. Cause it's just, it's nice. <laughs> it is. Um, listen, I want to talk about your near future, and I think Mr. Gibbs is going to be a little bit surprised. I don't think he knows about this. You've referenced a couple of times. You're in Edmonton. We're in Calgary, but that doesn't matter in this case because of what you're about to do, and it is so cool, and it is so neat. So let's talk a little bit about what you are doing in May with the Infinity Gauntlet for the Stoli. You have heard about that. this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is for the Stolery Hospital, the Children's Hospital up in, in Edmonton. Where did okay, eight hours, eight Broadways, whatever you want to say, May 13th, you are going to be in a ring for eight hours. Now, you are about to meet someone who has done something for eight hours because this rent takes me back to the 2004 playoff run when I used to host those flame shows right. well into the night. I would be on the radio for eight, nine hours at a time oh. and it nearly killed me. Damn. Where well, did you that's come up? a little up? different, I think, what he's doing. No, it's the same. Thing. It's absolutely <laughs> the same. No, it's completely different. Where did you come up with the idea? Um. So, like, it's kind of funny. I actually had an idea similar to this when I was 20 years old, maybe, I want to say. So, about 13 years ago. I found out randomly one day just flipping around on the internet that the Guinness World Record for the longest wrestling match currently set is, I want to say, it's 15 hours and it was an eight-person tag. Wow. So... At one point, originally, the idea was I wanted to do an eight-person tag for 24 hours. <laughs> and I've just never managed to get that to materialize. But then it branched off into all these other ideas. And then not too – I guess it would have been about 10 years ago now, this guy um, 
an independent wrestler, and he was in WWE for a while, named Chris Hero. Sure, yeah. He did something similar in Toronto, and that's on record as the longest, like, singular wrestler doing something like this, and that was three and a half hours. And so one day I was just sitting there, and I was like, how can I make this relate to a lot of people? And I was like, oh, I could do a full work day, like a full uh, eight hour work day. And everybody can relate to that because everybody's worked their eight hour full time work day before. And they'd be like, whoa, sometimes that like kills me just going to the office and like <laughs> typing for eight hours. This guy's going to wrestle for eight hours. Uh, and then I always kind of so I wanted to do something like this. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And then it just so happened that the timing with my wrestling school and everything else, and it just happens to be this exact day. Nobody else has anything going on. There's no other shows. No, none of my friends or like trainees are wrestling that day. So they're all available. And that happens to be legitimately to the day, my 20th year anniversary in wrestling. That was the first May 13th, 2003 was the first time I stepped into the ring at BJ's gym and took a bump. Wow. Wow. So there's all of that. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, that's cool and everything, but is it really anything special if I'm just wrestling for eight hours for the sake of it? I think it's special, but that's just like ultimately whatever. It's just me wanting to wrestle for eight hours. And then I've had a lot of situations over the last couple of years of my life, not specifically me, but a lot of close friends and some mm -hmm. family people who have had things with children and it's not my place to go into their stories, but they've always talked about the salary yep. and everything the children's hospital here does and how good they are with kids and how they can use funding and how they take that funding. And one thing that I know is, so my girlfriend, Tanya, she was talking about her nephew who sometimes he would have to go to the salary for some stuff and they have a full-on playground in there that they built through donations and it was his favorite thing it made him not not hate going to the hospital because he's right. like oh i get to go to the playground and so all that stuff just kind of stacked up and i was like oh if i'm gonna do this if i'm gonna do something like this crazy yeah i want to do it for a good reason too and I feel like, again, everybody can relate to an eight-hour workday. And so they're going to think it's pretty crazy for somebody to do eight hours of wrestling. And I thought, well, if I could raise some money doing this, kind of like yep. a marathon run or something, why, yep. why wouldn't I? And so, yeah. Well, I have a number of reasons why you wouldn't, but um, <laughs> having said that, we're just putting up the information now so people can support you, right? They can go on right now and, and make a donation? Yeah, so the donations opened last Friday, and they're going to be open all the way until 9 p.m. on May 13th is when the match will actually end. So they've got, what's that, about six or no? That's a while. Yeah, it's a while. I'm trying to think of how long that is. Uh, now you about eight eight more weeks to donate. I think right. Along that. Yeah. But you you started when you made the announcement. Like you had a really very reasonable, not reasonable, but very low goal, and you kind of blew by that. 
Yeah, I was honestly, I was super shocked at the support. And if anything, it was, it was humbling in a lot of ways. And when we, so the original goal was $1,600. Yep. Because I figured I would do $100 for every half hour that I was going to wrestle. And to me, that felt very reasonable and it was a cool goal to hit. And I thought it would take at least six weeks just to hit that goal. And then it took six hours. Awesome. That's great. And so when that happened, I was like, whoa, okay. Like I knew charity would be a big deal. Like because people want to give to a charity and I'm glad because that's the most important part of this is raising the money for the salary. But I didn't, sometimes I have a hard time admitting that like people know and care who I am. And like what me and my friends do sure. around here yeah. and what happens around here. Cause it's just, to me, it's just like, this is life. This is right. wrestling. No, I get that. So once that happened, I was like, Whoa, people like actually do care. And this is actually working. And this is going to like raise some actual, like real money for the salary. And I was just so happy. Oh yeah. And then I got an email from the salary where they were straight up like, um, we're not going to tell you you have to do this if you don't want to, but you might want to raise your goal because you already hit it. <laughs> so that's why I switched it to that 5,000 because I'm like, well, 5,000 is a nice round number. We'll well, see I, if we can I think you're going to blow by that. You're going to have to raise it again. I, I think, think so. So how, if somebody's listening to this right now, we got lots to do, but if somebody's listening to this right now, how can, where do they go to, to make a donation? Um, uh, could you pop that link up again? Sure. Gav, can you pop yeah. that link up again? Because it's actually the Stollery Foundation, uh, uh, sorry, the Children's Hospital that has the link, right? Yeah, it's actually like Stollery Foundation link. I'm just trying to see because they Go have back to set the up tweet, weird. Gab. I think it's not this one. I think it's on the tweet. So yeah, uh, right? Yeah, so it's at StolleryCI.CrowdChange.CA/slash. Okay. Two nine three nine eight. Or they could go to your social media, right? Yeah, or you can go to my social media. It's God's okay. Gift MRB on everything, and I'm posting about it constantly. As you it's should. just a weird link that they had set up because I wanted to do it. So that's a big thing of this. Um, I wanted to do it specifically through the salary. Yes. I wanted to make sure it was actually set up through them. 100%. And it's their link. So yeah. 100%, it's going right to them. Yeah. yeah, 100% of all of this goes directly to them. Okay. Now... We're in Calgary. This is the yep. uh, this is the thirteenth of May, right? I have the date right. Um, in Edmonton, are you going to have room for people to come watch? Like, if if we if we got in the old F one fifty and drove up to Edmonton, is there a spot for for me and Knucklehead here to kind of cheer you on? Or so we're going to be doing it out of our training building. Okay. And it's going to be live streamed on YouTube. Because oh, I want okay. To be able to, yeah, I want everybody to be able to see it. Okay. So the live stream on YouTube is going to be youtube.com slash God's gift MRB. Okay. It's just my own yep. YouTube. Um, so it's going to be live streamed on YouTube so people can watch. Unfortunately, the building isn't big enough to actually have a big crowd there or anything. Gotcha. Okay. But weather permitting, the current goal and plan is to leave our bay door open all day. So people can come by like as they please and just say hi watch for 20 30 minutes if they want to cheer on uh hand me a bottle of water if you want 
maybe an electrolyte no, tab or something. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but <laughs> so that's cool. So the 13th, the stream, and we will certainly be, we'll, we'll repost on our links as well and make sure that it, oh, anybody listening to this. No, no, this is, this is incredible what you're doing and, and it speaks to your character. And, and I think it's, it's really good for the, really good for the sport. I, I think to have that community connection and we'll, we're going to talk about dungeon here in a little bit and, and what it's doing. And we'll, we'll get into WrestleMania, but before I let you, before we leave this topic, how, okay. Again, you know, you got to love it when you get on with non wrestlers and they, they throw the lingo at you. <laughs> but this is eight Broadways. Like, this is, you know, Ric Flair and, and Ricky Steamboat would do, it would take them eight, nine days to do what you're going to do in one day. How do you prepare for this? Um, honestly, the best way I can put it is that whole don't get ready, stay ready sort of thing. So I think. You don't I'm, stay ready for a marathon, Mike. <laughs> like, you prepare for a marathon. So I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I train people every night of the week, and we go there, and the training I like to do, because I got it from TJ and Harry, is yeah. hard training. Like, our first hour is hard cardio, and then we're wrestling for another two hours after that hard cardio. Okay. Because if you can if you can tire yourself out and then still wrestle afterwards, then it's easy gotcha. when you have like a regular match, right? And when you're like actually in there trying to beat a person, you gotta have that cardio in you. So yeah, the eight hours is gonna be it's gonna be a lot different than like the three hours a night of training, but right. And I, I'm the type of trainer too currently, because my body's all good, I feel good. I like to do everything with them. So I don't, I, yeah, I keep yeah. myself in really good cardio shape. So, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to have a lot of water on the side of the ring and some I, electrolyte tabs and maybe a protein bar or two. <laughs> it's not like your matches that I've seen are slow, drawn out matches. <laughs> you like the goal. So it's like you're going to be going for eight hours. I know you're not just going to be like taking a paid 15 minute break and, you know, sitting down and, and you're going to be going and entertaining everyone. So that's. That is, that is one thing that I actually thought of after I announced it. I was like, oh, now that I committed to doing this live stream, I kind of have to go hard. No matter what the situation is, I got to like, I can't make this boring. I can't just lay on the mat and get beat up for five minutes. I got to fight. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. and then we, we played your video coming in of who and what you're about. So please tell me there will be no tables and no ladders at the event. Like, dude. I don't, as of now, I don't think there's going to be any tables or ladders or anything. You don't but think. I can. You, what do you mean you can't? It's your so event. I, <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but I can't promise that there's not going to be somebody despicable that's going to show up. Like, sometimes... Uh, She's really nice down at Dungeon for some reason, but sometimes up here, Zoe can be a little bit of a brat. She might show up with a chair and hit me with it. I don't know. So, you never know what's going to happen for eight hours. Yeah, okay. exactly. Are there any schedule break? And the reason I ask is I know that when, you know, the two teams get together and they play a, you know, a, a hockey game for five days, that there's, there's different ways of taking breaks or anything. Are you through the eight hours – when will you, will you have a scheduled breather or kind of a break or anything like that? 
Um, so the current plan and what I have scheduled out for it is the actual in-ring time will mm-hmm. be eight hours. But there's going to be entrances for each entrance. So that'll be about, let's say, 30 seconds. That'll get a little quick breather down some water. And every between every fourth match, there will be a four- to five-minute intermission, which completely open and transparent here it's basically so i can go like take a yep go, no no go to the bathroom, if you're taking you know in I mean? things you'll have to take things out yes yeah exactly like i i'm gonna drink a lot of water so i'm gonna have to get that out at some point through more than just sweat <laughs> so every fourth match after that one there will be a quick little intermission but that'll be the clock will be paused when those happen so the actual in-ring time will be eight hours you are adamant to this, oh, are yeah. you not? You're, Come you in. are, you are absolutely going to see that eight hours. I, oh, 100%. I, I tip my hat to you, sir. I tip my hat because to me, uh, you know, I would have done a couple of promos. I probably, you know, would have <laughs> done a run in. I would have, I would have shot some of it ahead of time and shown that on the stream. Um, you are amazing. This is incredible. Oh, what you're thank here. You, man. Um, I just, I just hope like it gets some. Honestly, I hope it gets some eyes on just the whole community around here and really helps like the salary out. I'm hoping that live stream will bring people from around the world donating to the salary and seeing the yeah. actual community that we built here. Cause that's a really big thing is this also sure it's my idea and everything It's happening at my wrestling school, but this would never happen if it wasn't for the wrestling community here. Yeah. I, I and I, and I want to get into that. So just, I, I got one more, you got one more on the gauntlet and then we'll move on. Or do you, Okay, well, no, I mean, tell me about the plan for opponents. I mean, how many do you have time to build storylines with all of them? Um, you know, what are you what are you anticipating in terms of the people that you will face in, in these this eight hours? So um, the best way to put it is not only am I donating my time, my eight hours. Mm-hmm. so is everybody else that's involved in this which is why i say it would not be possible without the community of wrestlers that we've created here and the fans they're like you guys are donating to this thing and supporting it by sharing it and everything too so the fans are just as big a thing just the whole wrestling community as a whole yep currently i have about i believe last time i did the list there was 12 wrestlers that were committed to doing this and the idea is going to be we're going to cycle through a gauntlet. And yeah. it's going to be each match is going to have a 30-minute time limit. Okay. And whether I win or lose each match, I stay in the ring. And we're going to keep a scoreboard. So we're going to have Karen from accounting, Stephen Crow, Zoe Sager, Bayrak Garani, um, Mars the Specialist, mm-hmm. Reed Matthews, Jack Pride, um, Lumberjack Larry. I'm trying to remember uh, Jared Rogers, who's one of our full official trainees from the Clandestine Wrestling Society. They're going to be some of the people that are going to be involved in this. And it's basically just going to cycle through this gauntlet of them. So if I beat Zoe, out comes Taryn. If I lose to Taryn, I'm still in there, out comes Stephen Crow. If I Go the time limit with Stephen Crow. Cool. I stay in there. Out comes Bayrak Garani. And we're going to cycle through that. I also have a list of people that volunteered to be referees. 
that are going to cycle through as well. So each time a match finishes, a new ref will come in too. Because oh. people underestimate how hard refing actually is. So Well, yeah, you're right. So Yeah, I can see. so like that was just as important to have people like that. And a thing that was really cool to me about this is I had a few people lined up to begin with, obviously, or else I would have never announced it. And you see them on the poster and everything sure. that I made too. Yep. But um, a really cool thing to me was once I announced this, I actually had other wrestlers reach out and ask if they could be involved in it, which I didn't expect. I didn't expect anybody to reach out and want to donate their time to just come be part of this match. And I had some people reach out too and just be like, hey, if you need anything at all, like if you just need somebody, I can't take a bump or anything but I can help hand you some waters. I could take some photos if you need. Mm-hmm. I could be, I could be a ref if you give me a little bit of training on it. So it was really cool to see how many people actually just wanted to be involved in it too. Uh, I, again, I think it's amazing what you're doing. I, I really, I, I, you know, I, whatever we can do on this end, we'd love to support and we'll certainly let everybody know about the stream and, and all of that. Um, because it's, I, again, I, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit and I think I want to go there next. And that is kind of the, the wrestling communities and you're in Edmonton and, and I do follow what goes on up there. And it's, it's a little bit more regular than what we're seeing here, but dungeon wrestling has really done a nice job of coming back and making the pavilion yeah. a place to be again. Uh, and we'll talk about that card next week, but why what what is it about because there's some people who say ah there isn't a wrestling renaissance it never went anywhere but i feel there's been a bit of a wrestling renaissance so for me i've been doing this for such a long time that i feel like it never went anywhere okay but i've been so lucky i get where you're coming from though because it hasn't really been this big to the public in a long time right 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 and there was how do I put this in a nice way? There was a period where it did seem like all people really saw was negative stuff about wrestling. Yep. And I felt like a lot of times I was defending it and I was always like, no, you don't get it. Like if you find, if you get to the core of it and the good people, you have to find the good people that are in it. Those are the people that make this so good. You got to find your TJs. You got to find your natties. You got to find your, Mm -hmm. honestly up here and you know, I'm Kurt Sorokin. Yeah. You got to find your people like that who are good people that just want to help everybody out and they want to do it through wrestling. Yep. Um, and what I think happened is now after so many years, so many years, those are the people that stuck around. So now you're not seeing as much of a negative because those people, they fell by the wayside. The cream, the quote is true. The Randy Savage quote is true. The cream always rises to the top brother. And eventually it happened. And now it's, so much of wrestling i think now you're just seeing the positive that you didn't yep. always see before yeah so i yep. think that's the big thing is the community is just being shown to the world now and a lot of us are getting that stuff out there and i just think people people at their core are like generally really good people and like cool people and we've yep. got a lot of really cool people involved in wrestling around here right now and just to see the last um, event that was at the pavilion when the dungeon wrestling side here in calgary it was 900 people and everyone was into every single yeah. match the atmosphere was so good and i think it just builds on which um you know we'll probably talk about for the next event that's coming yeah. up here yeah. um next week but um you got to be excited about you know performing in such such a 
you know, crowds like that and that they're so into it. And I think it's just, to me, it was pretty cool just to go back into the pavilion and have, there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of history there. Right. Um, too. So you're just looking, I know that you're looking forward to every event, but is something special a little bit about coming down to the pavilion? Um, so I told a few people this, I don't think, I don't think you can get a better moment. So sure. I was in a six man tag, whatever. That's fine. I don't think you can get a better moment than stepping into the ring, like face to face with the son of the British bulldog in the pavilion in Calgary. That's, that's a bucket list item for any pro wrestler and especially anybody that's from Calgary. I live in Edmonton right now, but I'm from Calgary. So I understand the importance of the pavilion and all of that. And yeah, getting into that building and for, so a lot of places have done the pavilion over the years as well. There's something special about dungeon though. Yeah. And doing it there because mm-hmm. it's very much that stampede wrestling atmosphere to actually have Bret Hart there and the whole Hart family walking yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. This like, I feel like right. I'm kind of having a match for stampede wrestling in a way. Well, so, no, yeah. I would say, like I, we were watching it together and we popped at the end when Wayne Hart came out. Like it was, it was you know, for us as old guys, there's, yeah. Like that, just like that was the biggest pop of the night for me. There's Wayne and, and he's, he's actually involved. Like there's that direct connection to my childhood. Yeah. Right. Still officially. Yeah, for sure. On the ring. And yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's just a special atmosphere because of all the history. And when you actually have the full on involvement of the mm-hmm. Hart family and yeah, I, I, I love it. It's good time. So, <laughs> So next Friday, Good Friday, um, yep. the card's out there. Nick Aldis uh, will has an open challenge. Um, there's really great. Yeah, I saw uh, a lot of guys and a lot of guys would, throwing their name into that open challenge thing. I've I feel I feel like that championship could use a little saving at some point. I, I think it could use a saving. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, also on that card, Mojabari and Sean Moore. You have you seen those two go before? Because that seems yeah. like, okay. That seems like it's a stealer right they there. They went to the Hitman game. Uh, oh, did they, is that where they went? Okay, the, yeah, was, perfect. Uh, super talented. Yeah, guys. I've seen them wrestle a few times, actually, and they they go every yeah. time they wrestle each other, and they don't hold anything back, and I think they're going to go even harder just literally because of the atmosphere of the pavilion. Yeah. Also, uh, the Billington Bulldogs versus the Bollywood Boys. Um I think this is a little bit of youth versus experience. Like this could be a, a very interesting match uh, to see how the young guys deal with because the Bollywood boys have been around for a while. Yeah. The Bollywood boys have been around. I think we started the same year actually. Oh really? They've been around pretty well, pretty well 20 years now. Those yeah. guys have, and they've been to WWE and everything too. So they have a lot of experience, but you ought to account for the fact that the Billingtons, when it comes right down to it, they're the Billingtons. Yeah. Like that one Thomas Billington, he is literally a spitting image of Dynamite Kid. Isn't and he? I felt, yeah. And like I felt him, I felt him drop kick me. And it felt like what I imagined Dynamite Kid drop kick is like. So stiff, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stiff and snug, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 You weren't in there with Outback Jack, but you are in there with a version of Outback Jack. Tell me about your match and all of this. Uh, so I believe I've got Cutthroat Chris Knight. You do? For people that have been around this area, fans and everything for a long time, They'd actually remember a long, long time ago, about 2012, me and Chris Knight had a solid six months where we were wrestling each other twice a month, every month, and we beat the tar out of each <laughs> other. And a lot is, it's one of those things where it's the more things change, the more they stay the same. So right. we both evolved a lot, but I think there's going to be more of that just hard hitting punch each other in the face. I'm going to try, I'm going to try to break his legs. I think I'm going to try to break his legs. That's, he's that's a bigger a guy, right? on Yeah. Kind of got to chop him down a little bit. I don't really want to feel him dive at me or anything. So I think I'm going to try to break his legs. Um, if you're missed, we certainly that's next Friday, good Friday. And we encourage everybody to get down to the pavilion and watch it. Uh, you know, we, we were talking about, we talked about it. I mean, it's just so much fun. That last show was so much fun. fun. Um, also on that card. And I want, and I knew you mentioned her name already and she, she got her AEW debut. Um, I am such a huge fan of Zoe Sager. I've watched her now since 2019, uh, is it only a matter of time for her? What does she need to, to get that break to the next level? I don't like putting those things on people because I feel gotcha. like it gives them a little like, I, I get worried that people get that pressure and then it's harder for them in a way. Sure. But maybe, maybe if she doesn't listen to this, I, I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah. I think, and this isn't a slight on anybody, myself included, I think of everybody in this area right now, she's probably got the best chance of going somewhere like to the show for sure, for sure. Just because she's really young. People don't realize that she's only 23 and she's already performing at the level she's performing at. And people don't see how hard she actually works behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Zoe is literally since she started training with me in 2019 she has not missed a singular day of training Hmm. anytime we've had the training facility open she's been there and she's doing everything there is to do to make it in wrestling I think yeah it's just a matter of time and experience for her honestly Am, am, am I reading into something or am I even, am I close on this observation? What I noticed her about the, in, in that match a couple months ago at the pavilion, her facial expressions are, have kind of caught up to her wrestling. Is that fair? I, I think that's probably a very good, and like, it's cool that you're noticing those things. And I think that's a very good, um, what's it? Uh, a very good observation on yeah. your part. Because I think that's true. And I think that goes to show that a lot of times it is just a little bit of time and experience. Sure it is. Because now that's catching up to her. Even like even the gear she wears, she's gotten some really nice looking wrestling gear and stuff yep. now and everything. And every little every little piece is starting to piece together. Like the yep. puzzle piece that was like the puzzle piece that was almost together was just a little broken apart. It's starting to come together now. And so she just needs she just needs to keep doing what she's doing and pushing hard. And then all it's going to take at that point is 
it's not luck. What's that quote? Luck is only. Yeah, it's preparation. Yeah, preparation and opportunity meeting yep. each other is all yep. luck actually is. So all it's going to have to take is her keeping doing what she's doing and just the timing of getting that opportunity. Um, WrestleMania 39 this weekend, two nights, Saturday and Sunday. Are, yeah. Do you watch? Like, are you, uh, do you watch oh. all the pay-per-view? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I watch everything. I, I try to watch. I watch AEW. I watch WWE all the time. I watch as much indie wrestling as I can. I'm I'm obsessed. <laughs> so, so help me out with this before we get to WrestleMania, because we talk about Brent and I talk about this all the time. What what has AEW done to wrestling? Because it's only been around a short period of time, but it's 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 created a competitor. It's it's it certainly has an impact in the marketplace. But what is the influence that it has had in the wrestling industry from your point of view as a wrestler? I think as a wrestler, the influence I had is, I think it made mm, WWE is always going to be WWE. Yep. And WWE has always been really good at everything they do, but I think it even forced them a little bit to Mm. step up their own game. And maybe it's not even like just a fully like, I don't think I could be wrong. I don't know. But I don't think WWE is going like, oh, AEW is doing this. We have to do this. But I do think they're like, oh, we have hard competition now. Yeah. So they're putting even more. They're firing on all cylinders, trying to make sure they stay the top, 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 top forever. And then I think for even just this level, it gave everybody another place to aspire to and work towards, which makes you – so it's weird because you would think like – in a way that like if you only have one place to go, you'd work extra hard to get to that place. But I think in some ways it made people go, Oh man, that's too hard. Like that's an unattainable goal, but now there's two. So now you're working even harder because you're like, okay, maybe this is a little more attainable now. So I think it made everybody just really step up their game and work really hard. And I think it's a slightly different style too. Yes. So I think it made a lot of people be like, okay, maybe I love WWE. I like WWE, but I think some people are sometimes like, uh, maybe I don't like that style as much, but I like this style. And now I have this style to aspire to. Yeah. So yeah, I think it just added a layer to everything. I think it kind of opened it up to like, even in one show on AEW, there's like five different matches of totally different. There's like high flying. There's like, yeah, blood and guts there's like all kinds there's something for everyone there's hard hitting so i think that and i think it just looks at all the you know the independent stars that have come in and they've had to go through learning just to figure out how to work in front of a camera which i would imagine yeah. never been um a performer so i i've understand that that's what it's like there's a lot of different uh different things to learn and, and when you're performing in front of ca- uh, cameras and looking at things or having different on hard camera sides or instead of just like playing to the crowd. Right. Yeah. That's definitely like a big thing. I've, I've been lucky enough that I've done like a couple little things for WWE on TV before. And then also I've always picked TJ's brain and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I did a lot of, when I was younger, I did a lot of seminars with Dr. Tom Pritchard. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he was the WWE developmental trainer for such a long time. Right. So I learned a lot about camera stuff just based off that. 
but it is like an entirely different world. Sure. I try to like do as much like at my like training place and like even with like Zoe and stuff, I try to explain as much as I know about cameras and like what mm-hmm. TJ told me. So maybe right. it's a little easier for them when they transition eventually one day. But yeah, it's an entirely different world when you're playing a TV. So back to WrestleMania 39. Um, from the outside, from our standpoint, we were talking earlier. Is the bloodline one of the best stories we have had told to us in wrestling in the last couple of decades? Oh, I think so. I think yeah. I think Roman Reigns is on an entirely different level as For a sure. storyteller, especially especially when it comes to just like the overall package of the story. I think Bell to Bell in the Ring, mm-hmm. the things he does are amazing. But then I also think like how many guys have we ever seen in the wrestling industry who they can play their music and they walk to the ring for four minutes straight <laughs> and you're captivated by yeah, it. He are. doesn't do anything special. He's yeah. not even, he's not even really. So the undertaker did that yep. and that was cool. But the undertaker also usually had flames going and everything when he did it. Roman is literally just a guy walking and staring at you. Great. And all the stuff that surrounded it, like I think people are underestimating how big of a star Jey Uso is going to be coming out all. Of oh it. yeah, yeah. You, okay, I agree. Yeah, you were talking about that yeah. earlier. Okay, because to me, if I'm fantasy booking this from a drama kind of Greek tragedy, I put Cody over and I have the Usos retain. So now the head of the table doesn't have belts, but the guys below him do i think that could create some incredible drama that's a that's an interesting way of looking at it and not one of the ways that i've thought of actually to be honest with you so that's like that that's a that's an interesting <laughs> interesting well feel free to use it um <laughs> you have eight hours to fill you can yeah you got eight hours to fill i'm pretty sure you could do that if you wanted um let me ask you this because we talked about we, we were looking at the card earlier um, if you had to pick a match that could steal the night, you know, there's always that one match that, you know, everybody talks about that's hard to follow that nobody was expecting. If you have to look at day one, day two, is there a, is there a match in there that you think could steal? I think depending where it goes on the card, because now this is where you get into the whole thing of like yep. tough to follow stuff. Absolutely. Um, Depending where it is on the card, I think Oscar and Bianca Belair would be that. But the reason why I say depending where it is on the card, if it's the semi-main and then Cody and Roman is after it, I think Cody and Roman can follow them. Yes. Just because everything surrounding the bloodline and everything. Yes. But I do think Oscar and Bianca is going to be a different level that people might not expect out of it. So maybe if they're like second on the card that night, everything else before Roman and Cody is going to have a bit of a tough time. You're, you're giving a lot of confidence to my good friend because that was the point that he made earlier today yeah. too. See, I think oh. it, I'm such a, a Finn Balor, Prince Davitt. I, I, I wonder about that hell in the cell and it's the same thing. Like, you know, if, if thank God it goes by after Brock, Brock Lesnar and Os- almost, <laughs> almost or whatever, it, it, it can't not be a bit great. Right. But I think it could steal. And I, does edge, does edge have a, not a responsibility. Does, is this a time for edge to put him over? 
I feel like the whole story they've been telling leads to Edge winning, though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. I just can't get out of my way. I just like Finn Balor because it almost feels like that's fair. This is going to be like the end of this one, or they'll move on. They'll move on. Yeah. After this, but usually the he's got screwed over, so he's going to have like you know finally get his due. But okay, so last one, get him in the cage. Last one for you. Book yep. your dream match and your dream opponent at WrestleMania. Let's oh. just say two or three years from now, if you closed your eyes, who's your dream opponent? What's your dream match at WrestleMania? Okay. Are we, am I only able to say people that are currently? You can do, no, no, there, I do not put parameters. I do not put rules, sir. Okay. My dream match, dream opponent at WrestleMania. And this is so like, just sentimental and weird, but it's Tyson kid. Oh, okay. Could, sure. Yeah. Sure. If he could come out of retirement, like if his neck could like do that and everything, and he could be the TJ that I know he is, and I could wrestle him in WrestleMania 20 minute match. I could, I could quit wrestling and be done yeah. after that happens just because it would be such an amazing thing to me. It would be such a full circle moment in life. And I know I know in my heart of hearts that if that match ever happened, mm-hmm. and this sounds really cocky to say, but it would be top 10 matches of all time in wrestling, I think. Sure. And I feel weird ever saying that I'm like, I'm not good or anything, but TJ's that good. And I know I could like follow TJ for that. I and he, make around, that like I, he wasn't around long enough at that level for people to remember, but if you watched him, you, anybody who watched him knows that he was, he was miscast. Like he, him and, and Cesaro or Claudio or whatever, like, yeah, they, those two could go right. Just yeah, and like go, go even watch his like single stuff on NXT right yeah. before that. And he's so ridiculously good. And yeah. the thing, another thing with like me and him, why I always say that's like my dream match in any situation. We were supposed to do a match in 2006 for Sam P wrestling right before he left for WWE. And he wanted to do this crazy thing where he was going to, instead of like doing the nice goodbye and everything, he wanted to turn into a bad guy and do this crazy match with me. Like that he was going to steal the new kid from the fans and he was going to, put me over and everything and do this cool goodbye and stuff where he's like a bad guy getting sent away. Yeah. And then it was just like the creative people at the time were just like, ah, I don't know if that's the right call. So we ended up getting the match changed and it never mm-hmm. happened. And it was always just like, I was always like, ah, yeah. part of my thing was always like, I got to get to WWE because I got to wrestle TJ. I got to wrestle TJ. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, before we let you go, um, okay, so change it up. One current roster uh, from both. Uh, if you had a WrestleMania moment from a WWE superstar, who would it be right now? Uh, from both rosters, so Raw and SmackDown? No, I was – okay, but I was thinking WWE more of AEW. AEW, yeah. Just to, okay, AEW. They don't wrestle, but they don't have their WrestleMania yet. I think WrestleMania is kind of the – you know, we all look at it as the top, right? So, so we're going to go – we're going to go WWE – yeah. I'm going to say Cody Rhodes. Okay. Yeah, because I actually had like a series of matches with Cody Rhodes for PWA here. Yep. And it was one of those things where 
I know he's the big TV star and everything, but it just felt like it was two guys working and fighting, and it was just real and it was gritty. I love it. And I would love to do that at WrestleMania again, and I have so much, so much respect for Cody. And he still keeps, like, he still keeps in contact with me, which there's no reason he has to do that at his level. Right? So. I really love that for that side of it. For AEW, sure. oh man, AEW is a wild card because there's so many crazy people there. Um, well, my fantasy booking is I'd like to see you in Orange Cassidy. Oh, that would actually be a ridiculously different match. That would that would be pretty fun, actually. Right? Yeah, I think if I had to choose one. Off the top of my head right now, the first name that like pops in my head for whatever reason is that um uh, I might pronounce this wrong. That Konosuke Takashita. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Takashita. Yeah, Takashita. That's right. Yeah, you're 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 better at that than I am. He's <laughs> but he's like, yes. yeah, he's just he so go. ridiculously good and just yeah. a different style than most people are like ever used to, and I think. That's one of those ones where we get in the ring and we wouldn't talk. We would just go, we would lock up, and it would just be go, go, go from there. And I think it would be really fun. Well, selfish one for me. Just oh, yeah, please. Yes. In. Yeah. Uh, Chad Gable. I think you and Chad Gable would kill it. Oh, that would actually be really, really fun. I think that could be like a similar situation. It's like, I feel like that would be kind of like what me and TJ would have been. Yeah. If it ever happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. What I don't want to see is you and almost again. Like, I don't need that. <laughs> uh, so avoid yeah. those if you don't mind. <clears throat> I wouldn't mind almost or Braun Strowman. Get some revenge, you know? Well, yeah, well, like, exactly. Uh, hey, listen, thank you. This has been amazing. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's, it's been so much fun to get to know you and watch you. And like I say, I, you know, we sat at the pavilion <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and we just watched you put on a clinic. And I, and I love every second of it. I can't wait to see you next Friday. But most importantly, and I mean this, let us know whatever we can do. May 13th, eight hours, which again, you're, I think you're taking it a little too seriously. I don't think you need a clock, but okay. Um, all the proceeds is completely necessary. All the, all the point, all the, the proceeds going to this, uh, this Stollery hospital, the children's hospital in Edmonton, which God bless and, and good on you for doing it. And I, I like why you're doing it and all of those sort of things. Um, again, the, you can watch it. There'll be a stream. We're going to make sure we share all of that, but let us know what we can do. I know everybody keeps saying that, but, but uh, uh, I, I just think the world of you and I appreciate you coming on and joining us and we wish you the best of luck and we'll see you next Friday. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me and letting me get the word out there about everything. And yeah, I'll see you guys next Friday too. All right, so buddy. Watch thank me you. Break Chris Knight's legs. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that too. Well, what did you think of that? That was really good. He's, uh, like I said, I'm lucky enough to kind of have seen him behind the scenes a little bit, not to peel back the curtain, but um, he's such a leader. Oh, he's such was, a leader. You've just seen everyone just kind of yep. gravitate to him, and and he was there just for everyone. anyone. Yeah. He had time for everyone. He had time for us. Yeah. But it was fun watching him a couple of years ago when we did our thing, when my head got shaved, and it was just kind of watching him behind the scenes and um, just quietly going about his business, making his stops and everything. He's, uh, I think, the world of him. I think he's a hell of a performer. Like, yeah. if you watch that intro we played, 
you know, like I'm cringing with some of that stuff he does off of ladders. Like, please don't bring ladders and tables to the eight <laughs> hours. It's anyway. Uh, by the way, Michael Richard Blaze presented by our good friends at Ski Cellar Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. Uh, 76 years in Calgary. Great time to pick up some deals for springtime in the mountain. If you're a hockey player, check out their snow skating. Have you checked out snow skating yet? I have not yet. No. You should check I out have... snow skating. I will. All right. Um, anyway, check them out. Uh, ski seller snowboard.com. Um, I really don't have anything. Did we miss anything? You feel like we captured it all when it came I think, to, I think as far as like for the WrestleMania, like preview, I think we, I think we did. I don't, I'm trying to think any matches that we would have missed that we should be talking about, but, uh, you, you mentioned- I think something on NXT, I, I'm kind of curious to see how, uh, uh, the Braun breaker and, um, Oh, uh, I'm blanking right now. But the, the NXT, NXT card has some interesting matches, yeah. too. Uh, Carmelo think, Anthony. Or not Car- Carmelo Hayes. Thank you. Carmelo Anthony. He's going up against an NBA-er. Uh, yeah, Carmelo Hayes. And I think, like, for the first time, too, um, in a while, the Raw after the Raw after WrestleMania, usually there, I think there's going to be some, you know, new pl- new guys coming in or but use them, but yeah. use them, put them in places to be successful. Like Johnny Gargano and Champa come up, and even Dexter Loomis. Like they, they get something, and then they just sit and yeah. give me some. There's so such good talent there, and like I say, there's not even there's guys that aren't even in X. Damian Priest and L.A. Knight and guys like that, and 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 uh, and Scarlet and and Karrion Cross that you know use them, find ways to. Oh, we did. You know what? The one match we never even talked about was the Intercontinental match. Oh yeah, right. We didn't. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one, I think. I think Gunther's like um, wise for a push after this too. I think so. Well, it would make sense. Do you have to give Roman a, a return if Cody wins, or can, can Roman go away for a while? It would make sense that Gunther would lose the Intercontinental and go like that's traditional WWF. Yeah, and yeah. then I th- and I think they can do it in such a way that he doesn't have to take a pin either doing it by a three way, right? No, so you don't have to like you don't have. That's yeah. always the trick of having someone as intercontinental champion. They just lost a big match, but then they're up next for the big title. So yeah, I think there's a way that they can do that. But I think some of the stuff that they've done at the Rumble, where they've pushed him pretty hard, I think it's there's some there's some good talent there for sure. Good stories. Thank you for this. This has been yeah, fun. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, appreciate the conversation to start the show about the 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 jerseys and and what goes into it. I know a lot of people have been talking about it, and it was great to give it some context. And I do appreciate the fact that you declared that the uh, great neighbor jersey is the greatest <laughs> jersey in the history of jerseys. Um, having said that, uh, anything we need to watch out for? You got anything to plug? Uh, Upcoming no. album? No, no. <laughs> appearances. Don't have, any, don't have any albums or appearances or no wrestling matches or anything like that. So uh, yet, no. Just uh, hopefully we're um, we're hoping for some busy uh, playoff dates at the Saldome with uh, multiple teams. So hopefully we get uh, continue on the push with uh, Flames and and then with the Wranglers and uh, Hitman and and the Roughnecks. Like all teams are going really strong and. Um, yeah, can't wait for the start of the uh, Stampeder season as well. So it's a really busy time of year for us, but uh, wouldn't have it any other way. So it's a horse. Yes, it's, a, it's official. It's, it's out, official. It's out there. It's Blasty. Blasty the Bronco. Blasty the Bronco. Well, I think you took the safe way out. I'll just say that. <laughs> not what I would have done. No, <laughs> not what I would have done. But no, we got to go. Uh, that's it. 
He is Brent Gibbs. Uh, thanks to our outstanding producers, uh, Gavin and Princey. By the way, Monday, uh, Ryan Pike will be here. Wednesday, Peter Marr, uh, Alicia Rissling, and Grace Defo. And then Thursday, remember Thursday next week because of the long weekend. Thursday, J.D. Lewis, our UFC expert, and uh, Eric Dehatchik, our hockey expert, in studio. If you missed shows this week, uh, we had... Andrew McBride in studio. Oh, it was just a great week. Go back and check them out. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next Monday. When there's two sides to every coin. And there's a conversation you can join But I'm an old dog and there's new tricks And some of my opinions you just can't fix Cause I'm an old man yelling at the sky I'ma shake my fist at the clouds and cry Get off my lawn, you snowflake Before I have a meltdown, breakdown so back down, sports clown. It's all just a game, and it's a last down, let down, cow town. I said it's all just a game. I give the touchdown, the run down, the low down, cause it's over the game. Gonna crack down, shut down, the sun down. I said, uh, I said, uh, I said it's all just a ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.